There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, everybody. It's Auntie Jean here from the Brizzledum meeting of Dumpty Dum. We have had a lovely lunch in the grain barge, which is a big boat on Bristol Harborside. And now we are on Mike's boat, which is the Celestine. Uh, and she's a narrow boat, so he's going to take us for a trip around the docks. So it's a booze cruise, except, of course, it's two little lads are with us, so we've got to be careful. We're going to sing you a dumpty dum. So, after three, everyone. All right, one, two, three, go. Dumpty 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 dum. Dumpty dumpty dum dum. Dumpty 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 dum. Dumpty diddly dum. Dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dum. Dumpty diddly dum. And by the way, that is a Barb from uh, Kelowna in Canada, her Hi. husband Eric, uh, Lou Lum uh, on the Twitters, Yokel Bear who's just giggling, <laughs> and Mike who owns the boats, and Auntie Jean. Okay, speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. This is Dumpy Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that has centered an Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the firm sweet corn that is Roy Phil Brown. And with me, I have the pert raspberry that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Cecil Jackson's award winning produce focus is here. Now, this week's Dumpy Dum comes from the Bristol Meetup. And, and it, they were on the high seas, Lucy, on the high seas of Bristol. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It really was. You could, you could hear all the ooh in the background. It sounded all <laughs> very, very excellent. And much fun was had by all. And it's an international meetup because they had Barb from Canada over as well. So uh-huh. they, they all had fun. Now, Lucy, if somebody maybe called Polly or maybe not even called Polly <laughs> would like to send us in a dum-de-dum for next week, how can they do that? I haven't done a joke for this bit. I would just have to not have one then. If you'd like to sing us a dumpty dum, or leave us a plot prediction, uh, then call us on 0203 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs. Shambridge for her voices. Mike Hatton for his character counts. And to Derek, the load of the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is back from his sponsored trip to France for Bloodwise. Thank you to everyone who sponsored him. Uh, he was actually only intending to wave the group off at Portsmouth, but he got his bum bag caught in Auntie Cardboard's pannier and finished up jogging the whole way. Yay. 
don't know if I, and, <laughs> I don't know what a pannier is. But anyway, I go, hey, well done <laughs> it's you. It's a thing on your um, mic. It's a thing on your right. mic. Right. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, now, Lucy, it falls upon me on this occasion to remind everybody uh, that there is a Dumpty Dum meetup. So there is in, well, more of a, less of a meetup, more of a distant whole happening in Birmingham on the 6th and the 7th, which culminates, of October that is, which culminates in us, of course, at Birmingham Town Hall with Kerry Davis and with Charlotte Martin, who plays the wonderful Susan Carter at Birmingham Town Hall. Now, you can book your tickets for that wondrous event. And quite a lot of you have actually been booking them uh, by just simply Googling uh, Dumby Dum Live. I'm so surprised. Uh, well, I am a little. <laughs> it's going to be the biggest thing we've ever done by, by some way. Yeah. yeah. So so just, just Google Dumby Dum Live and or you can Bing it if you want or even Alta Vista it, Lycos it even, Dogpile it. If there's any of those old school search yeah. engines still work, do you remember Dogpile? Dogpile was quite clever. What Dogpile used to do was it gave you it gave you the results of all the major search engines on, on one on one screen. And um and it was kind of good and then Google came along and just knocked it clean out of the water. Yeah. But anyway, dogpile. Those are the days, 2000, 1999. Anyway, so whatever search engine you use, use that. Type in Dum De Dum Live and Birmingham. Put your tickets via Birmingham Town Hall. Then go on to Dum De Dum and you'll see the whole smorgasbord of uh, events that you can do starting on the Saturday. Uh, so we've got a hotel booked up the Hagley Road. Uh, we've got a BBC mailbox tour so you can actually see the studio where they do the archers. Then we're having dinner at the Cozy Club and then we can uh, dance away at the Reflex Club on Broad Street. Then on Sunday the 7th we have breakfast again at the Hallmark, then a canal walk headed by me down by the lovely canals of brum and then we end up at somewhere nice to have some luncheon then of course still at 3 p.m there is a dumpty dum at the boomtown hall so you can book all those individual elements you don't have to have the whole package if you can't make it uh until let's say the sunday uh, go on to dumdydum.com go and book it now i have to say folks for the bbc tour there's only six places left so there are 40 places have actually been allocated for us. There's only six left. Uh, hotel rooms, there are 13 left. And for the um, for the dinner, I think there's about 15 left. So they're going rapidly. So go and do that. Uh, remember, it's dumdydum.com to get the elements or just Google but dumdydum live and go on to uh, the Birmingham Town Hall website. The other thing I'd just like to say is please write us a review. Normally I say it's at the end of the show, but it really does help us to get the traffic up. And traffic has been going up, Lucy, which is most Good. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Have we fended right, the Russians off? Uh, for the time being, for the time being. Okay. We've, we've had Attic from Pakistan helping us. And we Good. had a, a, a gentleman from Nigeria helping us. Uh, it's all Excellent. been all the Commonwealth together basically hey, with, with security and, exactly <laughs> <laughs> it, so um it's been somewhat of an international effort uh but the job's not done until it's done and you never know when it's done with security because yeah. you know they're always fiendish aren't they those could find another way fiendish. to screw you over yes. but anyway anyway so write us a review because it does help new listeners to find the show. On this week's episode, we hear from Louise and Claire. 
But first, before the caller in us, before some chat about Ozark, because I've really got into that this week, let's brace ourselves for Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. <laughs> <laughs> This week in Ambridge featured a lot of people taking people to places they didn't want to go. Philip dragged Alistair to the pub when he didn't want to go and then forced him to go home again just as he got settled down. Brian hauled an unwilling Peggy on a spying mission and Freddie forced Auntie Shula to go hunting. Why does everyone in Ambridge have to interfere with everyone else? Just bugger off and all of you get on with your own knitting. Anyway... Tracy Horobin has her eye on Home Farm. She was hoping to get a glimpse of Brian's knickknacks, but Jenny Darling soon put a stop to that. Although it would have been quite a good fit, really. She could have just renamed it Ho Farm. Then our Trace trotted round to the stables to ask Freddie if he had any good drugs. Unfortunately, she did this in front of Lily, who said, outraged, Freddie is not a common drug dealer. He is a drug dealer, but he says supper and loo, not toilet. Um, Christmas is coming. The turkeys are getting fat and poor old Emma has added turkey herding to her long list of duties. They make a horrible noise, but then so does everyone else in Grange Farm. You need ear defenders, said William. Pardon, said Emma. Unfortunately, we spent most of the week at Bridge Farm, which is rapidly becoming something like a home for the criminally insane. I don't know where to start, quite frankly. Firstly, who has half a cup of coffee? Helen Archer, that's who. Oh, for God's sake, you just leave the bit you don't want, Helen. They had another bloody family meeting. (laughs) My big idea is nuts, said Tom. Well, we could have told you that, said the rest of his family, politely ignoring him. I must run, said Helen. But before I go and take Henry to his landmine class, I think we should bring back the dairy herd. Bye! Oh, what a terrific idea, they all said. We don't need to buy more cows because the ones we only just got rid of are probably only halfway down the M4. They can just turn the lorry round. <laughs> I've always said Pat was a proper dairy woman, said Tony. No, Tony, you've always said she was a cow. That's different. We also heard about the Bridge Farm workforce. I always wondered who did the work. The family don't do anything except pit around with extinct vehicles, write business plans that they show each other, carry leaks around to other people's houses like some sort of tribal offering, and Clary and Susan seem to be on a permanent tea break. But it turns out it's Beryl that does all the work. Beryl, who is in her 90s, and her children, who therefore must be in their 60s. Who knew? Maybe it's some sort of saga work experience thing. (laughs) But my nuts, wailed Tom. What about my nuts? Oh, go on then, they said. Well, I want to grow wheat and oats between the nut trees. Basically, I want to grow muesli. Yes, shouted Pat. And with the dairy herd too, we can have the milk to pour on the muesli. And we can turn the packing shed into a pottery so we can have an entire artisanal muesli eating farm. Actually, thinking of it, don't you think that Bridge Farm is exactly the sort of place that would have a tin pot little art gallery tacked onto the back where they sell wobbly mugs in weird blue-green colours and washed-out watercolours called things like Harvest at Twilight? That'll be next, mark my words. Anyway, (laughs) they all thought the Muesley Farm idea was genius, which it must seem to them, bearing in mind so far their last business plan focused solely on the provision of gone-off milk. How about I put some information together, said Tom, his voice quivering with excitement. Can I write a report? Please, I haven't written one for hours now. Brian was using his seductive voice on Peggy, which was rather disturbing, collecting evidence for Jenny Darling on who was entering what for the Flower and Produce show. Brian's life up until now has largely been about the chances of him entering things, but he appears to have gone completely... (laughs) 
I like what that one. Sorry. Finding, <laughs> what is the point of finding out what people are growing for the flower and produce show when it's too late for Jenny Darling to grow anything and enter it now anyway? It was the stupidest storyline I've heard for ages, and I listen every week. There's some stiff, bloody competition, <laughs> I can tell you. Talking of stiff, tongues are still wagging about Lavinia and Alistair, said Shula. Well, Lavinia's tongue never stops wagging, which is why she's so popular. Did anyone hear harassment say to Fallon, these things come with the territory, love? Ha ha, I told you, didn't I? Anyway, Auntie Shula's on his side. Who did exactly the right thing, banging up my nephew? Fancy a pop of my husband as well? Poor Freddy <laughs> is having to sleep in the shrine to Dan Dan the soldier man, which makes him in a slightly smaller closet than Dan's in. I've never seen a whole cabinet of awards, said Freddie wonderingly. Best son, best soldier, mummy's little trooper, fastest runner in the under fives, boy most likely to sleep with his mother. Over at Lower Loxley, Phoebe was helping Lily pack for uni. You'll need a bus pass, said Phoebe. Russ won't need one, pensioners travel free. And finally, Freddie has come to his senses. I've seen the light now, he said to Johnny. Life's all just hard graft. Hard graft? A stately home, having a penis and being born into a job for life. That's all it takes, Johnny. Isn't entitlement brilliant? The end. <laughs> I enjoyed that this week. So much better than last week, Lucy. There were, there were more jokes <laughs> in it this week. <laughs> stop saying that. It makes me really paranoid. Oh, stop it. You know it's all part of my shtick. I don't have much shtick on this show. And that's the only bit of shtick I do have. You know, it's so much better than last week. I just embellished it slightly after 242 episodes. That's all by saying the, <laughs> saying the reasons why I thought it was better. It's all bunkum, though. You know that. <laughs> is it really 242 episodes? Yep, this is 242. Absolutely, absolutely. Ah, now, um, where do we start? Tracy Horowitz, lovely to hear her back, but what yeah. is the point of her just throwing her in for comic relief? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> what is point, Tracy Horowitz? It's just, it's kind of you think it's going. I mean, it's, it was a brilliant idea having her turn up to have a look around the house, and then is she, is she just reminding? are they just reminding us that she's that she's there and that also it was almost like this week they actually had characters left over that they didn't know what to do with you know normally mm. we have to have no oh, i've just seen so so and he's told me blah 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 because they can't they haven't actually got the space to put that character in mm. but this week i mean what the bloody hell was that scene with brian and peggy in the pub <sighs> Now let's go and talk to Linda. Now let's go and talk to Derek Fletcher. Now let's go, you know, and you think, what the hell? As if Brian's got the faintest interest in the flipping flower and project. Exactly. It's just absolute bollocks. Mm. You know, I, I understand that he's worried about Jennifer and that she's a bit down, more than just a little bit down, about the sale, um, the sale of the house and everything. But he wouldn't have done that, would he? That's kind of no. Joe and Bert territory, you know, all that yeah, city exactly. school doggery. Exactly. Let's, and let's listen to what people are talking about. And that's not Brian. I mean, he's more, he's more likely to, to – Brian is more likely to get a credit card and book her a holiday to the West Indies or something that he can't really mm. afford, but just to, you know, chuck money at the problem to make it better. Then all this ridiculous, come on, Peggy, let's go. You know, it's just even Peggy was looking at him as if he was more barking than she was. It just seemed. <laughs> just... Uh, absolutely. Can I just quickly say, 
I've got his mobile number. Charles. You've got whose mobile number? <gasps> no. Aldridge's. Yes, yeah. You're not yeah, going to let yeah. me interview him with you, are you? You're going to keep no, him all to yourself. of course I am. Of course I am. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie, right, that, you know, we've had actors' numbers before, mm. you and I. Mm. And when I had uh, the actor that plays Fallon, when I had her number, mm. a free sign of excitement did travel down my leg. I went, oh, Roy Fields, sure you've arrived excited. in life. Well, there you go. I, I lost control <laughs> in my bladder for a little bit. I was so excited. <laughs> little trickle Do you know wee. what? But when, when, um, when harassment left a voicemail on my mm-hmm. phone, I kept it for ages. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> But he's not even a particularly important character, you loser. But like Brian, <laughs> blooming hell. I know. I, lo- I looked I know. at the number. I put the phone down. I picked it up again. I went, oh, gosh, you know. And then I sent him a text. I was like, oh. Actually show it to everyone. Oh, no, sorry. I meant to ring you. I, by mistake, I rang Charles Collingwood and I meant to ring you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're just a couple of silly fans, aren't we? Really, you know, we yeah, we yeah. do this thing, and we we still go, ooh, you know. The, but know. that anyway, <laughs> anyway. Sad, really, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it keeps the authenticity of this kind of podcast going. That we're not completely cynical, jaded, and whatever. That we still, oh God, no. Think, no, no. Anyway, well done, us. No, we're still like we are still like two children, children running a, a six, exactly running a six form <laughs> newsletter. That's what we're like. <laughs> Huh. Anyway, so um, so we had Brian and Peggy and that nonsense. Um, what did you think of the Jazza? The Jazza? What oh, the hell yeah. was Jazza making? Blamange. It's when he blamange, said there was pink, it? it's Because when he said there's pink sticky stuff, I for one horrible minute I thought he was making some sort of inflatable woman for Alistair. <laughs> <laughs> Pink Getting more of than you ever had that shula. I know. Well, I tell you, um, there was a tweet from Andrew Horn, and he surpassed himself with this. Uh, did you see that? Uh, the pink cake with the schnauzer. See, see my, no. see my pick from uh, Jimmy's Kitchen, Jazz's creation of a pink cake with Lavinia, Lavinia Rafferty's schnauzer on it. <laughs> Uh, it's very good it's very good well done mr horn he, he did that about a week ago it's all manner of genius dumby dum uh did did retweet it uh it's very good um but yeah it was blamange but i, I just i don't know i just thought that that was just a, a massive wasted opportunity or i'll just you know it, yes he's never had a, a Never had a birthday, but come on, that was a little bit of a poor return. And then the whole nonsense with, oh, he's coming back and, uh, you know, uh, Jazza says to Jimmus, you know, get him out of the house. And, uh, you know, that, that, was, that, wasn't, that wasn't the Archers at its finest, let's put it that way. Yeah. You've just reminded me that I'd saved a really good tweet and then um, lost it. Promptly, but I've just found it again. You remind. Oh, for fuck's sake! I've got to get a new computer. This you is really have to watch your language. We do have children listening, you know, Lucy. Well, you're not keeping this bit in, are you? 
I am now. Yeah, absolute bollocks. I did like the chat. I thought that was really nicely done, the chat between Lizzie and... Um, Lily. Lizzie and Lily and I it is very as the mother of a teenage daughter although she's much much younger than than, than um Lily and would I well is showing no signs of doing anything that daft yet um but that when you start off going really softly softly well darling you know and then five minutes in you're going for God's sake, you! What's wrong with you? I mean, you know, and then she's accidentally driven. You know, she's all all that's running through her head is don't, don't over, don't overreact, don't overreact, don't overreact. And then she suddenly snaps and starts going too far and saying, "When you break up, or whatever." And she says, "What do you mean? When we break up, we're going to be together forever." You know, and then and then that's it. Bang doors. Right. Then I'll just go now. I know that I thought that was very very accurate because she was. She was doing so well, being really calm with Lily and letting her talk and letting her kind of express her doubts about this ridiculous rust thing. And then all of a sudden she just oversteps the mark and then that's it. Shutters come down. Right, I'm off then. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. Well, uh, no, absolutely. And it's kind of what I've been banging on about for the last couple of weeks is that it didn't feel kind of emotionally honest and real. Uh, Lily's, mm. uh, sorry, Elizabeth's uh, reaction mm. to to everything, yeah. but you finally got it there. You know, there is yeah. the, you know, yeah. your emotion is going to kick in way before your brain does uh, to this yeah. whole situation. Uh, but we had it there, and and I agree. The the ratcheting up of um, Lily just like losing it so so quickly because she just on edge the poor woman, you know, yeah. with, with the whole yeah. thing. You know, worried about her daughter. And that's the worst thing when they when they go and trap themselves because of resistance to you. Then you have this double bind of guilt. You know, mm. not only do I not want them to do it, but by me not wanting them to do it, I'm actually forcing them into doing it. But I can't encourage them to do it at the same time. You know, it's oh dear. Mm, yes, no, very absolutely. Hard. Um, another little aside from Lizzie's Annas Horribilis. Um, was the was just that little line where Tony says, "Oh, I think Harrison should have turned a blind eye to Freddie," mm. and I like that because we're in a village, aren't we? Where half mm-hmm. the village is related to each other, so they are yeah. going to have you know yeah. little casual sides and have thoughts and feelings about it. Yeah. And of, of course, then there was the whole Shula turning yeah. around to Harrison and saying, "Actually, you know what? You did the right thing, mate." Yeah. You yeah. know, you are going to get loads yeah. of that. Shula, the and, woman and that lied about evidence to the police. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Well done. Well done. Um, so all these agroforestry. She's a stonking hypocrite, that woman. Whatever she does is, you know, she just has a very convenient, like a goldfish memory. Whatever she thinks at the time is what she's always mm. thought. Hmm. True, 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 true. Oh, but whilst we are actually on Auntie Shula, I uh, thought Freddie and her was actually quite sweet. Yes, and I since, did. When they were, yeah. when she's taking the piss out of him, saying, "Yo, oh, you're not bad for a drug addict nephew," you know, a drug yeah, dealing exactly. nephew, and all that. It was quite light and quite realistic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then also Freddie's kind of concern. You know, why aren't you going to the hunt, Auntie Shula? Yeah. And you know. Lavinia and Alistair gossip, you know, thought that was lovely and and yeah. very, very kind of true to life. Yeah. He still doesn't seem to be showing any signs of having grasped the fact 
that he could be, you know, in prison <laughs> in about a month's time. He, he kind I, of, he's still, you know, he just said, oh, well, better just enjoy my freedom while I can. And, you know, oh, isn't mum funny bringing cakes and things? And I'm thinking, are you not? You know, I understand that he doesn't want to get Ellis into trouble and all that stuff, but it's just a, a sort of, he doesn't seem to have grasped the enormity of it at all yet. Or is he just well, that thick? Or well, has everything always worked out well enough before so he kind of thinks, oh, well, something will happen and I'll be saved at the last minute or something? I don't know. I think all of the above, and then you're forgetting uh, a very vital ingredient into the mix of this in, in terms of his psyche. He's, what, 18? He's very young. Yeah. You know, he's also yeah. very young, you know. Yeah. Uh, yes, he's privileged and entitled and nothing terrible has really happened to him in his life apart from his father dying, et cetera, et cetera. But he's also 18, you know. Yeah. I think as... As the court case, as the Crown Court case date uh, approaches, it'll start to sweat. And Johnny has said, why aren't you going to just dob Ellis in? Mm. And he said, no. And that is going to be his way, yeah. not out of a sentence, but to get, get in a lighter one, isn't it? That actually, yeah. it, you know, he's, he's got to. Oh, uh, bloody hell. That's my Ocado delivery. <laughs> I forgot that was coming. <laughs> Listen, it's all right. Even a podcast must stop for Waitrose. It's fine. I'll be really Hello. That's all right. Hello. I've been filling my time looking at Yokel Bear's new home, which is uh, which oh. is on Twitter. Yeah. So I've been, oh. Uh, oh, yeah, barely an inconvenience you going away because I could fill my time by spying on the Yokel Bear's uh, new bookcase, <laughs> <laughs> his living room, his kitchen, and his bedroom. And his oh, and his bedroom. Anyway, so where are we? Uh, I can't. Know what? Um, Got anything nice in your delivery? Uh, no, not really. It was a mistake. <sighs> I meant to order it for Friday and it was only half a delivery and I pressed the send now button by mistake and then it arrived. Anyway, uh, there we are. Right. Um, if anybody wants any what's it, I've got all of them in the world. Just on the kind of village nature of this um mm -hmm. of course there was um, um that harrison arresting uh freddie yeah. and kenton's because reaction to that don't let it become exactly exactly but it is it but, is so awful because i mean if that had been um jazz's brother they'd have all have said chuck the book at him you know, you know we, did, we did we did say this last week we did we did say this last week and and i and I do obviously there's there's a lot of credence. Uh, there's a, there, there's a lot in in actually what you say. There is a slight but to everything. Is that villages and small communities used to be famed for self policing, didn't they? Yeah. And yeah. I I remember watching this only about eighteen months ago. It wasn't that long ago? A really interesting kind of documentary uh, program, whatever the heck it was, podcast. Can't even remember now. But uh, the whole point was, and it was it was talking about communities kind of self-policing. And the one aspect that they looked at was 
was drinking. Yeah. And and they said that traditionally what used to happen in your local pub was um, everybody kind of knew knew everybody. All the men did because traditionally it was a male male yeah. preserve. And then teenage boys would come along. They're about 16. Everybody kind of knew they were underage. Yeah. But it was their uncle. It was their yeah. cousin, older yeah. cousins. There were people yeah. who they knew in there and they yeah. allowed them to have a little drink. Yeah. So by the time they were 18 they and they could actually truly legally drink, they didn't go crazy. And also because you can't pretend, actually, in a village you can't pretend to be a different age because people have known you since you were, you know, five. Exactly, so exactly. They know exactly so how old you are. They know exactly how old you are. But you were you were kept um, a wry eye on by by the by the elders and stuff. Yeah. And and they yeah. said, and that's kind of one of the reasons why we have this binge uh, culture mm. of drinking now within the UK mm. that traditional pubs have gone. And your father, your uncle, your next door neighbour, the person three doors down, uh, going to the pub and keeping a wry eye on you is completely mm. gone out the window. Now and it's I just like greyhounds out of a trap, isn't it? It's just whoosh off to the nearest pub and chuck as much down your neck as you possibly can. Well, that's another thing. It's not the nearest pub anymore. It's into town, isn't it, where nobody knows mm. anybody. Yeah. That, yeah that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And actually... um small communities villages have always kind of policed themselves that way and and so don't get me you know looking at it from harrison's point of view number one he's doing his job he's doing his job number two he was on a stag night with other policemen yeah but if he hadn't have been um let's say on the stag night with other policemen i actually think he should have taken freddie to one side and actually said you know what I'm speaking to your mother about this. Scare the bejesus out of him. And that's the way that traditionally it would have been dealt with. Forget, yeah. you know, Freddie's high status. Myesha, when she was 10, 11, um, caught her in a room, stuffing a face full of chocolate. And I says, where'd you get the chocolate from? And she goes, oh, so, oh. <laughs> And I went, where did you get the money from for the chocolate? She yeah. burst out crying and said, uh, I stole them from Tesco's. I oh. marched her all the way back down to Tesco's, right? Oh, no. Told the cashier what had happened. The cashier was totally bemused, right? I said to Maisha, right, get your pocket money. You're going to pay this money back, right? And uh, so she paid the money back. Girls in tears, right? Now, me and her mother probably went overboard with the next step, <laughs> right? But as far as I was concerned it was heading our future problems at the pass right mm. called the police station <gasps> right? i know called the police station and i and i and i laughed and i says look right my daughter's 11 she's nicked a whole load of sweets from the shop she's a good girl i, I need you to scare her for me right uh two community police officers and, and and they laughed on the end of the phone as well, right? And said, "Sir, Aww. sir, this isn't the first time we've done something like this. Don't worry, <laughs> right?" <laughs> we were both laughing. That's a funny thing. <laughs> like, and they turned up half an hour later, knocked on the door to community support officers, and uh, this is is Maisha Box there. 
little Maisha came and they said, Maisha, we've heard that you've taken some chocolate from the shop, right? You know, that's wrong. She says, I know it's really wrong. I'll never do it again, right? And they says, we know you're a good girl. You work hard at school. They were so lovely, Lucy, right? But, you know, let this be a warning to you. Do you think that girl ever did that again? I think she never ate chocolate again, flipping. <laughs> she, never, she never even went, went, to, went to Tesco. In hindsight, it what you know, I think maybe me and her mum went slightly slightly overboard. But it was it was interesting though, calling the police and actually saying, This is what's happened. Yeah. I need Can, your help rather yes. than yeah. and the fact that they were giggling on the other and says, No, <laughs> you, you know, they didn't quite yeah. say we do this all the time, but they did say yeah. but they did say this is not the first time that we haven't had, you know, that a parent has called us and says, you know, right, right, and they was and she they on turned her own, up. Or was she being encouraged by other she, people? She was she was completely on her own. There, there was Gosh, no other, unusual to do it, on, on their own. It, it came so completely out of the blue. You know, there was no, we couldn't blame any other kids on it. Yeah. You know, there's no ringing up other parents and saying your little, yeah. you know, Samantha yeah. is take, uh, leading our maestro. There's none of that. It was completely her. She went into Tesco's, bought I don't know, like five Mars bars and a couple of cakes, and it was and was just found stuff in her face. Right, and she got so caught. She was kind of sort of eating the evidence, wasn't she? Really, she was kind of just <laughs> showing it down there to get it, to yeah. go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just happened to wander into a room, and there's so many sweetie rappers and stuff. I went, "What yeah. is going on here?" All right, and she's like, "Oh, Dad, I'm really sorry." You know, Aww. people at Tesco's they were incredibly bemused. Um, I did speak speak to the manager and it says that uh, my daughter's got some money. She's taken this stuff. You know, it's not right and blah, blah, blah. And da, da, da. And she just looked at me like I was mad. Right. Mm. Like, why would, would, would you do this? Mm. But it was, you know, it was just I had to, um, yeah. you know, had to, had to, had to explain to my what she did was wrong and that there were consequences. And she had to see that, you know, now, is that the same as Freddie at the age of 18? 17, 18, drug dealing, no, right? But there is something about warning. And if I was Harrison, with other policemen being around, yeah, I would have arrested him. If they hadn't been around, I wouldn't have. I would have said, mm. right, you, I, I'm going to speak speak to your mother. And, you know, mm. as I would have done everything that I could bar report the boy. Mm. And that's mm. the way that these things used to work, you know. Mm. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But I mm. suppose what Maisha did mm. was only going to hurt Maisha. But the possibility, the potentiality of what Freddie did was that he could kill someone else because oh, he hasn't got a clue. And, 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 and and he and he almost did, the didn't he? His cousin, or his, mm. his cousin yeah. almost died. Don't get me wrong; yeah. there are various magnitudes uh, of difference between the, the two the two acts, and I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, but and maybe that's what Harrisman. If if Harrisman had maybe just caught Freddie taking drugs, he would have maybe let him off. But selling is a different deal, I think. You are you are right. You are right. There there is that which I didn't quite factor in when I was thinking about this. But the whole self-policing and the community yeah. dealing with it there, there right is an element of that yeah which is actually absolutely been lost in all of this mm. but anyway mm. now 
this geezer at the karate. Me. Is he is he gonna he's be to Helen's stay. new interest? Yes, he is. He's here to stay because he's just he's he's chatting away on his Twitter feed. Ah. about how excited he is to be playing Lee. And once he once they've got a name, you know, it's not like on Star Trek where the one in the red top is the one that gets killed first and you never find out. <laughs> it's like the you red know, shirt, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, once they've got a name and they mention it on their Twitter feed, they're there. Oh, yes. Ah, uh, it's Helen then, isn't it? Yep. Mm. Uh, they they have to do something to make that character interesting. I don't know <laughs> if it's Lee and karate, but... What, well, to make know, Helen I can't... interesting? Yeah, come on. I think on. she is, because she's potty. Oh, she's not potty. She's just full of middle class neuroses. She, yeah. But 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 she's not interesting in the way that all the Aldridge women are interesting. Yeah, are genuinely yeah. interesting. You yeah. know, she, there's a large dollop of familiarity with Helen as as a person, and she just seems to have no quirks worth talking about. There is nothing you go oh. That makes her interesting. She's the type of person you would pretend not to have seen if she got on the same train as you because you wouldn't want to have <laughs> to make conversation with her for four uh-huh. stops. <laughs> I think that's a rather... Get to Lillian. That, no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, so, right, so Lee, Lee's here to stay then, is he? I think so. I don't know whether the line that Henry delivers about, I want to protect everybody and you, mummy, you know, you want to be a little superhero, which I know whether you've seen your mother uh, be attacked and then stab somebody or not, uh, every seven, eight, nine-year-old boy wants to protect everybody at some point and wants to be a superhero. And um, I thought, I, I don't know if I thought, if I thought that was sweet or just a bit crashingly obvious, I genuinely don't know where, where, where I sat with all of that. But you know, considering I think I'm his, still his reaction to the violence was interesting. Mm. That he was very freaked out by it and wanted to come and sit by her and didn't want to engage, and then said, "But in, it was so Helen." He said, "I want to be perfect, and then I'll be perfect. I want to be really good at this." And he's, mm. you know, and she said, "Well done, darling." And I thought, don't say, well done, darling. Say, well, as long as you enjoy it, that's the main thing. You know, you don't have to be perfect at it. You don't have to be brilliant at it. Mm. Just enjoy it. But that, you know, that's Helen. No, but I think also, I think it's a very human uh, response because you're not properly engaged. She's not thinking, well, uh, at all points of the day, she's not thinking, this is what Henry witnessed two years ago. Mm. You know, she was just in normal mom mode and just she said Henry said something to her and she just reacted in the moment without thinking where exactly might this have come from from Henry. So I think that was actually a very uh, true response, though you're correct. Mm. It wasn't the best response. Mm. But anyway, uh, have we dealt with uh, your boy, Tom, and the agroforestry? (laughs) I know you mentioned it in in your monologue. They said, have uh-huh. you got any idea how long it takes before agroforestry <laughs> actually makes any money? It's like decades. What are they going to live on up until that point? You know, it's not like a, next year. Oh. It, what was that um, Northfield woman called that Tom had the hot Was it Natasha? 
It was something yes. like that. Yeah. Well, it seems to me that she came along and basically said, you guys are just pretending at far- farming. Yeah. All right. And and actually, you need to be a bit more astute, business-like, and make some money now. So instead of fart-arsing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And Tom goes, <laughs> oh, you know what? I think she's right. I go off to Nuffield, and he comes back with it. Because, you know, I, as, as we all know, I'm a city boy through and through. I love concrete, the smell of pet, petrol and fumes and, and, <laughs> and tarmac. I do. I genuinely like human artifacts of civilization yeah. i love architecture i love roads and the way that they i love all of that right but even me brummy urban me said to myself hey wait on a minute agro that's trees he's talking about trees that's gonna trees don't grow overnight <laughs> take years and they've only just got rid of the bloody herd and now they're bringing them all back again oh it's ridiculous I, you know what i i also did did think that and i just thought they deserve to go bankrupt they really do because they're just they're utterly bonkers well, probably they have, have a plan realize stick to it <laughs> yes, exactly. just have a plan Stop stick to plans. it right by nature aren't farmers supposed to be conservative by nature you don't <laughs> chop and change all, all over the place Each farm gets rebranded every year it's like an annual thing Ugh. Bloody ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> utterly, utterly, utterly ridiculous. Um, one thing, so we did have a little bit of Helen and Henry this week. Obviously, we had yeah. the karate, then we had um, the incident with the gun and yeah. him being fixated and fascinated yeah. by Will's gun. Um, I actually thought that was quite deftly done. Less so in Henry talking uh, about the gun, but actually with Emma and Will's response saying that Helen, all kids, yeah. all yeah. boys are, yeah. yeah, you know, they all children really. It's not boys necessarily. All children are. Uh, dare I say, a gun is a fascinating thing. You know, yeah. something which you you just yep. see in movies primarily yeah. and on TV, yeah. and all of a sudden there's yeah. one in front of you, and yeah. you know, so. And it's it's that line, isn't it? Is Henry fascinated by this thing because he's a kid, or because you know he's, he's going to be some dark, yeah. warp, he's going to grow into a dark, warped teenager that's going to shoot up yeah. the local school, you know? And I and and hopefully it's the former, not the latter, you know. Um, but it did remind me, Arlous, of um, a show that I have to tell everybody about, which I think is. A few shades of brilliant it's called ozark it's on netflix and the the premise is it's this family mum and dad and two kids and he's a financial advisor and he has to relocate his family to missouri to the ozarks so somewhere i'd never heard of before um because actually those are financial advisor and he leaves lives this uh, squeaky clean life actually he's cleaning money for the mob so it's very similar to Breaking Bad in that the protagonist is actually a badon, is an antagonist, but he's this family man. And you completely utterly sympathize that he finds himself in this position where he needs to run off to the middle of nowhere with these hillbillies and, uh, and start again. And it is brilliant. And it's got Matthew Bateman 
who, uh, sorry, Jason Bateman, sorry, not Matthew Bateman, um, who he's just absolutely brilliant in the role of this uh, seemingly affable everyman type of character. And uh, Julia Garner and Laura Linney. And and she used to be in the big C and she's just brilliant. It's called Ozark. It's totally brilliant. And the reason why I made that link is because their son is somewhat odd and a little bit troubled. And, and in episode six, he has an episode with um, a shotgun. Bear in mind, this right. is America and it's the South and it's the rural South. So attitudes to guns are completely different from ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he sees this neighbor with a gun and he asks him about the gun and he's 12 and he is the type of 12 year old that um, in three, four, five years time would actually go to the local school and shoot people up because he's odd right. already. Yeah. So you're just thinking, oh my God. And his parents say exactly that, which is when, when they were saying that, I think, oh God. Henry Archer, yeah. you know, but, but Ozark, go watch it on Netflix. You will thank me for it, people. It's very, very, very good. And as I say, and it's just great that it subverts the whole kind of antagonist pro- protagonist thing. It's not a dark comedy like Breaking Bad. It's straight, but it's mm. very, very, very good. Anyway, uh, shall we um, have some caller interaction I now? I feel we should. Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Um, how about a bit of Louise Lombard first off? Why not? Hello, Lucy, Royfield, Robert, and the rest of the Dum De Dum world. It's Louise from Bristol tweeting as Lulam. I haven't called it in for ages, but I've got a plot prediction, which I bring to you fresh from the Bristol Dum De Dum meetup. Um, I've got this theory that either Freddie or Lily will leave Ambridge. Um, I'm thinking it's Lily going off with Russ and we won't hear from her for a while. Fred is going to get off of his court case by dropping Ellis in it big style. It's all going to kick off. Ellis is going to do something a bit nutty at Lower Loxley. And we have Elizabeth with her dicky ticker. Could it all end rather sadly for our twins? And Freddie inherits a little bit sooner than he thought he would. Ooh. Well, there we go. It's a bit dark, but, you know, see what you think. Uh, looking forward to seeing everybody in October in Birmingham. And, um, yeah, have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. Mm. <gasps> I see, I, I, every so often Jill mentions Elizabeth Hart, doesn't she? And she says, oh, I do mm. hope she's not getting too stressed with all this. And I think, why? Oh, yes. And I don't know. They have. She has mentioned it a few times. It has been mentioned. I think that's mm. a tip-top prediction. Though, mm. could we see those kids being orphans so soon? I don't. Yeah, I don't think they'd get rid of Elizabeth. So, so we're all still recovering from Nigel going. <laughs> I'm not sure they'd get rid of his wife as well quite so quickly. Mm. Though, we are due a death, got- though. She said gloomily, but we are. <laughs> oh, no, we had Nick. We had Nick. No, forget that. We've had Nick. No, forget it. I was going to say, and also you didn't say it gloomily. You said it with total anticipation. Gleefully. Gleefully. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's have another call. Hi, Dumdy Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. I am really looking forward to the 7th of October. I've got my ticket. I'm meeting a friend. It's going to be fab. Um, Can't wait for Birmingham. Can't do the whole weekend of activities, sadly, but uh, certainly looking forward to the live Dumpty Dum and hope to meet a lot of fellow Dumpty Dummers in the room. 
So this week, just wanted to quickly reflect on fallings out that um, surprisingly, for people who are generally antagonistic to each other, Helen and Tom seem to reconcile quite quickly about Tom letting Henry play with the video games. Um, I was quite surprised by that. Um, I do think that Helen's concerns about Henry and violence and him having been exposed to violence at a young age is quite understandable. I mean, I know Helen's annoying and paranoid and all those other things, but, um, you know, I really get that. And um, her concerns about the karate and, and so on, you know, I thought that was quite believable, actually, for someone who'd been in her situation. Uh, but what I find more hard to understand is this ridiculous feud between Fallon and Kenton. I just think, it's I don't know, I don't understand why Fallon suddenly got all, this my husband, I'm falling out with you kind of thing. Everyone's got an opinion. She's usually been pretty open-minded in the past, and I don't understand it. Finally, and it's not particularly relevant to this week, but I just wanted to say that I don't hate Hannah. Uh, I'm really interested by Lucy's theory that she might be a lesbian because she's not kowtowing to the men in the same way. And I think actually she's just not kowtowing to the usual kind of deference and stuff that's inherent in the village. It's all quite a bit kind of classist. And I think she just sits outside of that. She speaks for herself and that's great. Anyway, kick up the good work. See you soon. Ooh, she got a little bit cut off right at the very end. Uh, Yeah. Hannah. I must admit, I don't like her, but um, I believe they're creating somewhat of a complex and nuanced character for us. Well, that's what I hope they're doing anyway. I don't know. You see, Hannah reminds me a little tiny bit of Ruth when Ruth first came to Ambridge because she doesn't. How so? Well, it's not that, like Claire said, it's not that she's deliberately trying to rebel or anything. She just doesn't get that she doesn't know the village dynamics yet. She doesn't know that Neil is untouchable. So she has a pop at him about, you know, trying to save up money for we, uh, just trying to get a house for, for Emma. And she doesn't, she doesn't, you know, everyone said to a blimey, you don't, you know, you don't want to pick a fight with Emma Grundy. And she doesn't know that either. She just absolutely says it like she sees it, um, which mm. is what, what, what Claire was saying. And it is a little bit like Ruth who didn't kind of, um, uh, kowtow to anybody when she came to Ambridge just just because in her case she just didn't know how everybody fitted together and you know it's I mean we've been listening for years and we don't bloody understand how half the village knows the other half or is related to the other half so how the <laughs> hell would Hannah know? Uh, I yeah I, I think that's quite an astute observation the only thing I would say though is the way that she kicked off towards Neil did not at all belie the fact that it actually was her boss. And that, to me, yeah. that response should have at least been tempered by the fact of, oh, yes. my boss yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, you know, she just went off yeah. like a yeah. bloody, yeah. like, you know, yeah. firework gone wrong. But anyway, yeah. um, I, I don't care for her. But um, I also think it's somewhat harder when they introduce a new character for apparently no reason and that new character doesn't come with another sidekick to bounce off. Yeah. You know, so you had the two oh, fair brothers. to find out why is yeah. she here. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like exactly. Martians. What is it you want from us? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, right, Luce, we've been talking for quite some time. Yeah. So um, I'm going to inject a certain amount of pace into proceedings. Do you mind? Awfully. Do you? No, no but should I do the email? now or not yes well that's what i was gonna say let let, let let's oh. let's get through things that was my whole point all right um, so after you chris long has emailed us and said years ago i said i would never be like my mother which included never listening to the archers fail still a year behind on the podcasts <laughs> interesting how many plot predictions don't work out yes let's not talk about that because all of mine go wrong i am in northeastern victoria australia i have never met another archers follower over here listening in sounds like i'm not alone after all and chris is in yarrawonga which sounds made up to me but is apparently a place yarrawonga so if anyone is near chris long um, uh, in Yarrawonga, Victoria, then say hello because Chris is feeling all alone. Yeah, we don't have a um, tractor anymore, do we? It's gone. No. It's gone. It's gone. That's right. Yeah. We have lots of Australian listeners. I'm sure they will get in touch. Mm-hmm. Right. Smashing. Please do that. We don't want dumdy dummers to be uh, all on their own in, in the outback no. or wherever the heck he is. No, it's not nice. It's not nice. I don't know if it's a he uh, or a she. Chris, you see, could be either. True. Could be a Christopher or, or a Christine. I hadn't thought of that. I just presumed it was a geezer. But huh. anyway, says more about me. On that note, why don't we quickly take five. If you're in the UK, you will hear an advert. If you're not, this is seamlessly just go on to Yokel Bear. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, it's Yokel Bear here with the Social Media Roundup. And I've just got back from... A small but perfectly formed Dumpty Dum meetup in <laughs> Bristol, uh, where we met Barbara, f- was over from Canada, and her husband Eric. And it was me and Auntie Jean and Louise and Mike, and we went for a boat trip on Mike's boat afterwards, which was really exciting. And we got to meet Mike's adorable kids as well. Um, so that was brilliant. Anyway, enough of this. On with the social media roundup. Um, in true Dumpty Dum session, um, session, 
style, I meant to say. Um, in true Dumpty Dum style, we're starting the week with some innuendo after hey. Peggy said the following sentence. <laughs> Neville Booth has yeah. some impressive raspberries, <laughs> enormous, and his corn on the cob is incredibly firm. Um, <laughs> the Flower <laughs> Show always produces some of the yep. best innuendo, and we love it here at Dumpty Dum Towers. Um, <laughs> but Dave Harding reminded us, um, of course, there was once a story um, of um, a storyline with Walter Gabriel, who once enhanced the size of his marrow to the extent that it, it exploded just as he was about <laughs> to enter the show. Yeah, I think we've all been there, really, haven't we? But it just goes to show, you know, if you want a bit of window, uh, you can always rely on Dumpty Dum to give you one. Anyway, on to more serious matters. Um, We also had a bit of a thread this week um, talking about Tracy Horobin because it was really lovely to Tracy coming back and being so typically Tracy. Um, But Martin van der Heuvel um, said, I think, Martin, you've nailed this one. He said it was very funny, but also very Victorian. Fiery female from humble background wants to visit a posh house, but is denied entrance. Yeah. Then she wants to buy posh drugs from a posh boy, but is sent away by his posh and priggish sister, whilst a flower-arranging pillar of society purses her lips disapprovingly. Yeah, you're right, Martin. Positively Dickensian, really, isn't it? Um, Also, as well, I mean, we need to also talk about the mess that is the Pargeter family. And we've been talking a lot about this this week. Witherspoon um, raised a question which I think a lot of us have been asking, which is how Lily, um, who was so critical of uh, Freddie whilst he was regularly drug dealing, um, is now all of a sudden kind of acting like it was just a one-time innocent little error. Um, And there were loads of views on this. Vicky Cameron said this, um, in support of this, she said this, I was gripping the wheel of the car in anger when I was listening to the omnibus yesterday. Oh, careful with your driving, Vicky. We don't want you going off the road. Um, and Leslie Greaves said they like to think he's not really a drug dealer because he's posh until Tracy came round, and that was hilarious. Yeah, and I think the whole point of Tracy coming round was to kind of prick that that. Um, that kind of ego about, oh, well, he's not really a drug dealer, is he? Um, and John Kelston Merritt actually said, from my experience of small rural communities like Ambridge, people would be outraged by Freddie's drug dealing and would be shouting for him to be imprisoned. Um, yeah, I come from quite a rural background. And yeah, that's pretty much on the money. Mm. There'll be a whole group in the village, no matter how much they like Freddie, would be, you know, that's it. If you're drug dealing, whoa, that's a bad thing. Um, also, let's talk about... We've also had threads about kind of Elizabeth and Russ and, and her trying to get through to Lily. I said, when I put in a post, if I was Elizabeth, I'd be phoning Russ and having it out with him about him not getting a job. You know, no messing on that. Um, Audrey Ann DC said, well, she was making good progress with Lily until she started pushing too hard. Yeah. Um but Mim Hunter um, takes a very hard line view. She just needs to let her intelligent daughter, uh, intelligent idiot daughter, make her own mess. Oh, mm. and cut off the funding. Yeah, 
I, I'm probably with you on that. Um, Janice Betson thinks of Russ, and I think it's a very good analysis here, said um, he thinks he's on to a good thing, a rich little girl who's willing to work to earn money to keep him in lazy comfort while he pretends to paint and hangs around in coffee shops with other artistic types and carries on with other students. Yeah, I think, Janice, that's quite a thoughtful... Um, you know, thoughtful take on on Russ. I think that's that's probably quite right. However, Phil Parts just said, "I'll pay to have a hit put on him." Lazy sod. <laughs> and Andrea Williams said, "Simply, Russ is a twat." <laughs> um, we also talked a little bit this week um, on social media about Henry um, and what's going on with Henry. Witherspoon posted something about his fascination with guns and do we think this is going to end well? Well, I tell you what, Elizabeth always said, I'm afraid I played with cap guns as a child. I was the only girl in a local gang of boys and we were cowboys. Uh, well, actually, do you know what? I think that's really great, Elizabeth. You've broken the playground glass ceiling there. The only woman <laughs> in the Cowboys. So I think that's really good, great. Um, <laughs> Alice Andrews just says, we need to talk about Henry. Um, but there was quite loads and loads of other views on there as well. Um, but what really came through, Bernadette Maguire said, Helen and Henry are crying out for therapy um both of them their trauma will out sooner or later as it's becoming obvious um and valerie bayliss agreed with this and said it's a shame that the archers have these stories lined to raise awareness but they don't see it through to therapy and show the damage and repair um yeah i think that would be i i'm not sure how they would do that on the radio i don't know I mean, even just to mention that it's happening i guess um but later on we talked about um henry and the karate and andrea williams did make me laugh again when she said when his mum gets off with the instructor instructor he might think twice about joining um whereas Ellen the Dent, I think I agree with this. Um, it could be a good thing, this karate thing. Discipline, practice, positive role, uh, male role model. So I think, yeah, I think ultimately it's going to be a good thing. And finally, just to finish off, we before we knew what he'd done, we were making guesses about what Jazza was making for Alistair's birthday. Uh, <laughs> Linda Long said, Pink Angel Delight. Lucy Mellon said, my initial response was pink glitter slime. Teacher much? Um, yeah, kids are really into that at the moment, aren't they? Becky Land went a little bit darker and said, a huge hollow man made of wicker. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and Catherine Newnham, and I'm going to end with this, because we started with innuendo and, a, you know, things a little bit rude. Catherine Newman, <laughs> um, Newnham said, Jazza is making either a blancmange or a cake shaped like a pair of boobs. And on that <laughs> note, that's the social media roundup for the week. Okay then, bye. Thank you, Mr. Bear. Uh, Luce. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hit us with uh, some tweets of the last seven yes, days? Yes, Thank yes. you very much. Matt Underwood got a bit uh, meta and said, Right now in Ambridge, people are listening to secret recordings of your day and tweeting about how irritating you are. <laughs> That's quite scary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Mince, I'm Vincent Murphy, said, agroforestry versus dairy. I just can't see the wood for the cheese. 
Yay. Well it's done. very clever. Uh, Wikipedia said, Christ, the prequel to Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is pretty damn bleak, isn't it? <laughs> Eliza mm. Bennett said, Tracy Horobin is an utter goddess. I want to see her on the parish council and then as MP for South Bortsetshire and then Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> and Tweet of the Week was from John Reed, who had Peggy saying, are we spying? And Brian saying, no, we have just come to admire St. Stephen's Church. It is a world-class tourist attraction <laughs> after all, with a 123 metre <laughs> Well done, you. Yeah, oh. Well done on, on the accent there, Freeman. Well done. <laughs> well done. Uh, folks, um, that's, that's just about us spent. Uh, I think you've had your money's worth out of Dum Dum uh, this week. Uh, com. go there. It's got some stuff on there. It's up. It's fast. It's working. We've got to thank Attic and Attic, sorry, uh, and also Andrew Horn uh, for helping debug the site last week. Go there, sign up. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, the, even the forum, there's even posts on the forum. It's that good. And, um, and if you think, you know what this dumpty dum thing is pretty good right but like i can't just leave it to the vagaries of other people that donate uh to see whether they're going to keep doing this thing that you need to donate to you can do that by going on to patreon.com and you can uh, donate two dollars per show and it helps keep uh the show on the road and uh and 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 just and just us in the lifestyle of which we've come accustomed so um so so do that and and you'll feel good about yourself it's nice being a patron because you also get bonus content and i did send out a newsletter to this effect a couple of weeks ago saying that um we're gonna have uh uh charles collingwood aka brian aldridge um on roundabout now um he is coming on folks he's having lots of holidays um he had a holiday at the start of september he's he's on back on holiday now uh, with old Judy and Judy's, of course, Shula, because in real life they're actually married to each other. So um, he is coming on the show. Do not worry. So if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, you will hear Lucy and I interview Brian Aldridge uh, soon. Uh, and if you're not a Patreon supporter, you won't hear it. So that is definitely a downside. Don't forget, folks, you can come and see Lucy and I and Kerry Davis and Charlotte Martin, who plays uh, Susan. Um, at Birmingham Town Hall on the 7th of October. So that is coming quite rapidly. So um, so go on to Google and uh, just find the link and just spend your money and just come along. And don't forget, there is a whole smorgasbord of Archers-related fun to be had in the company of other Archers fans on the 6th and the 7th. If you go on to dumdydum.com, you can go and see what you want to do uh, with us and with other Archers fans and uh, go book up for that. It's all happening in and around Birmingham. Now, to get in contact with us, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, which is dumdydum.com. And we've been, we haven't been having many calls recently, have we, Lucy? No. So, and we like calls. Hmm. Well, I don't know why either. Uh, so come on, community of Dum Dum listeners, get on the effing speak pipe and get caller in a ring. Uh, or if your computer, your laptop or whatever's up the fritz, you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a message via a phone. Ah, 
Now, on social media, you can find Lucy and I at Dumdydum. Lucy is at? Uh, Lucy V. Freeman. And I can be found at Roy Fulton, of course, on Facebook. We have a whole plethora of fun. And uh, if you type in Dumdydum, you can go there and sign up. And there's some 2,111 of you I saw yesterday that have signed up for that. And uh, you all must be having more fun than you know what to do with. So um, on that note, <laughs> Lucy, uh, anything else you'd like to say before I rapidly go on to recording Mid-Atlantic? Which is the reason why I no. kicked up the pace of this show about 15 say, minutes ago. <laughs> Gear. No, no, faster, faster. That's fine, Royfield. You go, my love. It's fine. Oh, all right, good. Sorry, everybody, for just like, you know, doing this at breakneck speed in the last 15 minutes, but like <laughs> needs must. And Tim Marshall, right, you know, paying the big bucks. He used to work for Sky, don't you know? And uh, I'm now seven minutes late talking to him. All right, so toodle pip, everybody. See you all again in seven days' time. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 